Ready? Yep. Let's go. Healthy, healthy rainbow. Beautiful fish. <laughs> you dropped him, dude. Stud <laughs> on the squall, baby. Oh, squall. baby. Bo-tastic. Right there. I got it, I got it too. Oh. He barely puts in the net. But first, a word for our partners. Alaska Rodco, Alaskan Handmade Rods. National Wild Turkey Federation, South Sound Strutters, your conservation organization for Washington State turkey populations and habitats. Heather's Choice, healthy, flavorful, dehydrated meals for the backcountry. Use our discount code, theyoungguides15, to save at checkout. Shell Art Studio, original Alaskan-focused art. Slay Jays, it ain't all about the catching. Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of the Young Guides Podcast. This is Kyle coming at you solo. Probably going to be a little bit shorter episode today. Um, we had some difficulties with some of our past recordings, so uh, this is the episode that we'll uh, put out today. So uh, on this episode, uh, I really just wanted to touch on um, some of the things that make us more effective, um, whether we're, you know, guiding, fishing, whether we're hunting, uh, um, I guess you say technology that makes us more effective. Um, what I mean by that, I'm talking about online mapping, um, safety, you know, having an in-reach, um, weather data, water data, all these kind of things. So I'm just going to break down real quick, um, you know, how I use my technology uh, to help myself when I'm outside. So first and foremost, I want to talk about safety. Uh, I have a Garmin InReach Mini. I believe it's the InReach Mini 2. Um, <clears throat> the Garmin InReach is super, super important. I ha it goes with me everywhere, whether I'm ice fishing in town, I'm hunting by myself, I'm backpacking, I'm guiding. The InReach always goes with me because if anything happens, and I spend a lot of time where there's no phone signal, if anything happens, I can always hit that SOS button and um, you know, reach out if I break a leg, if I fall, if something happens to a client and I can't help them. Um, I always have that op option to uh, hit that SOS button if I need to. So first thing with that is safety, right? And it's always good to have that on um, if I'm really needing it. You know, if I'm out by myself, especially, I will have my in reach on accessible if I'm out you know hiking backpacking hunting it's on my bino harness and it's going excuse me it's going to be on and the minute that I need it it's going to be on my person because I hardly ever take my bino harness off it's going to be on my person I can trade that SOS if something happens if I take my bino harness off for let's say I'm ice fishing or I'm with clients, I'm always going to have my inReach with me. I'm going to put it in a pocket, my inside chest pocket, something with a zip. Or if I have um, a, a loop or something, I can clip the carabiner into on my inReach. That way it's always on my person. I always have it. InReach is also really important for keeping in touch with family and friends. You know, on the moose hunt last year, I didn't have phone service. so I was able to use the satellite communication through the Bluetooth in my phone on the uh, Garmin app, I could text on my phone and send through the inReach. So I could talk to Emily, I could talk to family. Uh, it was really nice to have. And 
really the bottom line is we owe it to our family and our friends to be safe and stay in touch uh, when we don't have phone service. Now, there's there's other options besides the Garmin. You've got the Zolio. You've got um, the Spot. I heard there's a new one coming out here soon, I believe, from Motorola. Don't quote me on that, but I heard there's a new one. It all comes down to size, weight, and then the plans. The plans are fairly similar, but some can be more than others. Um, I mean, you're going to have an upfront cost of the device, and then you're going to have usually like a, a startup fee and then a monthly subscription for that service. So you guys have to take a look at that, see what works best for you, and then also see what works best in your area. Some areas, you know, in Alaska, the inReach might work better than, say, a Zolio. So um, keep in mind um, the even though it's a satellite communicator, some spots might be better than others for signal. So that's the inReach. That's for safety. Um, next up, <clears throat> I have Onyx, Maps, Gaia, Google Earth, All Trails. These are all um, apps and features uh, that I can use to uh, look at um, maps, trails. I can look at routes, um, both on a river, on land, hiking, backpacking. I can use all of these different tools to my advantage. So. First up, foremost, I use all these mapping softwares for is e-scouting. So if I can't get boots on the ground, like right now I'm looking at places to set bear baits. I'm looking at places to, uh, to hunt bears in the spring. I'm looking at south-facing slopes. I'm using all of these different mapping softwares to kind of pinpoint the best areas to spend my time. Because, you know, really nothing beats on the ground scouting, but if I can eliminate some uh, areas... Uh, by looking online instead of spending my time in person, I can really hone my time in on certain areas and be a lot more effective when I'm actually on the ground. So e-scouting is a big one. Onyx and Gaia both have public and private access, or uh, pri public and private land, and you can look at ways to access. Google Earth doesn't have that, but it's got that really great 3D feature. So you can move around and really get a good idea of what the terrain looks like. Uh, thing with Google Earth in Alaska is if you're in the mountains, a lot of time that the, that imagery, especially the newer imagery, is in, covered in snow, so you really can't tell a whole lot. So all of them are a little bit different. Um, they, some of them are nicer to use. I, I really like using Gaia um, to be more detailed, but I like the interface of Onyx better. And again, Google Earth is nice because you can use the 3D and you can really get more detail out of Google Earth. So... I just use a mixture of all three. And then all trails uh, lets me know, you know, I, it's not as friendly to use, but it is nice to read reviews on trails, access points, see if anybody uh, has been able to access certain areas, what the snow level is like. So I, I like to use that to my advantage as well. Same thing for hiking. You know, I, the biggest issue I have with Onyx is their maps, um, at least their hiking their, their trails on their maps aren't super accurate. That's actually come back to bite me in the past. So um, I use it for an idea, especially if I can actually see the physical trail like on the map. It's okay, but for Gaia, it tends to be pretty accurate. All trails tend to be pretty accurate. Um, so using it for hiking, backpacking trails is nice. All trails is nice because they'll give you, again, they'll, like, they'll rate the trail on difficulty. You can read reviews, see photos. That's kind of a nice thing. Sharing points with people, <clears throat> that's the nice thing about, um, you know, Onyx, 
Gaia, you can send waypoints to people. So not only do I do it for, say, hunting and scouting, if I see a spot I want to get somebody else's opinion, I'll send it to them. I can also use it for, you know, places on the river. I can drop points and say, hey, go fish this hole. Hey, there's a log jam here. Watch out. And I can send that out on uh, those apps. And you can do the same thing on if you don't have any of these specific, you know, outdoor hiking, backpacking, fishing, hunting maps. You can also use your Apple Maps, your Google Maps on your phone, and you can send waypoints to people who have, you know, another iPhone or an Android, um, and be able to send waypoints that way. So that that's a super important thing for one safety, and then two, you know, trying to show people where to access water or where to fish or where to access some public land or a trailhead it's it's a super nice tool to be able to share waypoints with people um the nice thing about some of these you know onyx and gaia is what i use mostly for this is downloading offline maps so if i'm going someplace say last year i was on prince william sound on that bear hunt i was able to take uh, a download maps with onyx i I think i took a really large area map because i didn't know exactly where i was going to be at so I, i took up a big chunk mostly of the western part of prince william sound and although the detail wasn't super great when i zoomed in i at least had an idea of public and uh, mostly out there it's public land and native land and so i i was trying to um be safe and be cognizant of you know am i on public land that i could hunt on or am i on uh, alaska native land that um is not i'm not accessible to me so it's nice to have that feature, and then you know if you know you're going to be in a specific area, like where I was moose hunting, I downloaded several highly detailed maps of that area, so that as I'm hiking around, walking around, I can see exactly where I'm at. I can track um, my progress. I can see things. I can mark on the waypoints. Um, super, super, super handy tool to be able to download maps when you don't have service, because a lot of times I can help you get out of a pickle if you get turned around. You know, if you, so you shoot an animal. Uh, you can drop a waypoint and then be able to come right back to it and have access. So downloading offline maps is huge um, if you have a software that will do that. And then, again, finding spots. Uh, that kind of comes back to e-scouting. Um, spending time on the ground dropping waypoints. Um, super, super huge tool using uh, any of those mapping softwares. Another big thing I use for guiding is water graphs through USGS, the United States Geological Survey. Um, a lot of times you can find it. Um, if you're on, say, the Yakima River, you just type in Yakima River uh, Water Graph USGS. I'm just Googling it on my computer right now. It's gonna First thing that's pop up is Yakima River at Montanum. It's going to take me to the waterdata.usgs.gov website. And it's going to show me current CFS, uh, or I guess right here, it's just showing me current gauge height um, at um, Tandem there on the Yakima. And you can play around. You can find uh, different, um, oh, here we go, right here. Select data to graph. I can do s- discharge uh, cubic feet per second, so CFS. Right now, as of right now, uh, at 10 o'clock on March 8th, 2023, um tandem is at 1040 cfs so this is a super handy thing i do the same thing up here in alaska where i guide i do it on willow every single day i'm always checking the water to see how high the water is going to be how low the water is going to be 
you know, wherever I'm going to go, I'm always going to check, see what the CFS is. I'm going to look at the median data. I'm going to look at the average data and see, you know, where the water should be at this time of year to kind of give me an idea of, you know, how the fish are going to react. Did it just bump up and, you know, the fish are going to be kind of freaked out. Maybe they're going to be kind of pushed around and moved around in the current, um, different than what they're normally going to be. You know, is it going to fl or flush more worms, more bugs into the system? Or is it going to be super low where, you know, I'm going to have to be really looking at some of those deeper holes. If it's super low, there's only places those fish can hang out. You know, if it's going to be super low and it's hot in the summer, maybe I shouldn't even go and check that water out because you might have low oxygen levels and you don't want to stretch the fish uh, catching them in low water. So water graphs are super, super huge uh, when it comes to guiding and just fishing in general to be able to know, hey, am I going to pressure these fish too much? Or is this river going to be too blown out? What is that going to look like? And then being able to determine, you know, what the water uh, gauge height and what the CFS is. <clears throat> you know, on, on the Yakima, 1,000 CFS is kind of on the low side. Um, I've definitely done it lower, but that's pretty low. Because um, in the summertime, you know, you're looking at 35 sometimes to 4,500 CFS. Whereas, say, on Willow, you know, last year we were high cfs so if it was over like 800 right like that's not normal uh, flows normally we're in the low hundreds during the summertime so just kind of getting an idea of what the gauge height and what the cfs on each river body means kind of go there at different uh if you're going to spend a lot of time on those rivers go there at different times of flow and see kind of what those differences do to the river so water graph super important Forecasts. Forecasts are huge. Last year, I was looking at forecasts every day up here in South Central in Alaska and pretty much Alaska in general. We had a lot of, lot of rain. So I was always looking at my weather for the day. I always pack a rain jacket and I always pack rain jackets for clients, but it's still nice to know kind of what to expect. Um, <clears throat> it also really helps me to tell how much it's going to affect the river. Am I expecting it to dump four inches tonight? Because if it dumps four inches tonight, that river is going to be blown out tomorrow and really isn't fishable or safe. Or is it going to be super sunny and the river's actually going to drop? And the log that I'm hopping over on my boat might be exposed. I'm going to have to wiggle myself off of it. So, you know, weather is super important. Is it going to be windy? I had some I, a super windy day. Probably the windiest day I've ever been out on the river up here in Alaska. I think I heard it and saw it blow like three or four different trees over. It was pretty insane that day. So always, always, always check the weather. You can use the app on your phone. You can you know, Google it, look at uh, weather.com or whatever you use. Or you can look at um, like the NOAA forecast. The pinpoint forecast can tend to be a little bit more uh, precise. So always, always check the weather. Uh, another one I use is it's called the Windy app. Um uh, they can kind of tell you, you know, what your winds are expected to be from which direction and how how much it's going to be blowing, especially if you're going to spend time on, say, the ocean, you know, Prince William Sound. I, whenever I'm going out there, I like to look at the Windy app, kind of tells me what I can expect from what the, the weather is going to be doing, what the waves are going to be doing. That's super huge. Tide prediction. Again, if you're going to be spending any time, you know, hunting on the coast or fishing in the ocean, those are super important. I use it a lot for when I'm duck hunting here um, <clears throat> in um, Cook Inlet. You know, I can kind of determine on wh where those birds are going to, the ducks are going to be, 
based on where that high tide is going to be, at what time, when are they going to be moving. So that's always super important. And then, of course, the marine weather if you're going to be out and about. Um, and then, again, it's always gonna, it's going to affect what I do for the day. Am I going to bring an extra rain jacket? Am I going to bring hand warmers? Am I going to bring gloves? Should I wear a t-shirt? What am I going to do? Always, always, always check the forecast. And then if you're going out, you say you're going out to a week-long hunt or you're going to be in Prince William Sound fishing for several days, always look at that uh, forecast into the future. It's not always going to be super accurate because, you know, things change real quick. But it's always nice to have an idea of what to expect. And then if you have something like an inReach, if you have a subscription that – covers it you can uh, ask for forecasts for wherever you're at and you can look at a couple days into advance and kind of expect um, what's coming based on the information you get from your inReach weather data last thing i wanted to touch on is or there's a couple more things uh, but it's it's basically networking right so what i have written down here is podcasts so when I'm not recording a podcast, I am listening to podcasts. Just to give you an example, yesterday I listened to podcasts all day. I listen to it when I drive. I listen to it when I'm at home doing chores. Listen to it while I'm tying flies. And then in the evening we recorded a pod. Keaton and I recorded a por- recorded a por- podcast with a guest. And as soon as I got done recording, I put in another podcast. Started listening. So I'm always always listening to podcasts because I I like to learn. Right. I like to learn more about hunting and fishing and the outdoors and safety and you know i'll even listen to podcasts on how to make better podcasts how to record how to edit it's uh, podcasts are such a huge resource for me I, I really really enjoy listening to them so you know whether i'm at work sometimes putting a podcast on i'm doing the dishes there's always something going on because I, I just like to absorb all of that information. Uh, I think it's super important. Um, you know, I learn tips, tricks, I keep up with outdoor news. I learn about, you know, working hard. Uh, I learn a lot about backcountry nutrition and, and workouts for the backcountry. And I, I then I get to learn about people too. I get to learn about guides, business owners, biologists. You know, a lot of the people that we interview, I'm also listening to similar podcasts and learning about their guests. And those people that host those podcasts, I think podcasts are super, super, super important. So I, I would highly encourage you to find a podcast, you know, listen to a bunch of them, download, you know, Apple Podcasts, you got an iPhone, Spotify, Google Podcasts, you know, whatever you listen to podcasts on, I think is super, super important to just kind of go through, find something you're interested in, say you're interested in fly fishing, listen to a bunch of different fly fishing podcasts, you know. Maybe you'll find one that is, um, you know, tailored to your area. Maybe you find one that's specifically saltwater fly fishing. Maybe you find one that's, you know, talks to a lot of guides. Maybe you find one that kind of covers everything. Maybe you find one in another country that covers a different type of fly fishing. I highly encourage you to go to that podcast platform and find a topic you're interested in and listen to a bunch of different podcasts and, and try to learn more. Lastly, I want to talk about networking with um, different people. Uh, I highly encourage you to go, if you have a Facebook, um, you know, join groups. 
join hunting or fishing groups. You know, probably one of the best groups I've ever been a part of is Fly Fishing in Washington Facebook page. People on there are are super encouraging. People ask for information. People give information. This is a super cool platform to be on to share information with people, celebrate with people, inform people, educate people. Hop onto these groups. Uh, you'll learn more about the sport or whatever you're doing. You'll be able to connect with people, go meet them on the water, in the woods, message people. You know, a lot of people like to talk bad about social media, and social media in too uh, too much social media can be bad for you, but. It's also a really great way to connect and learn and talk to other people that you might not other might not otherwise be able to. So hop on there, follow people, message people, join groups. Um, I think that's a super, super important. And that's, that's one reason that I'm here today is because of the connections I was able to make over social media. So I know it's kind of a shorter episode today. I just wanted to go over that. I've been kind of writing notes about that for a while. And I just kind of wanted to bring them out. Let us know if you guys like shorter podcasts like these. I promise we got more coming to you. We're planned out with guests till the end of April. So we got a lot of information coming to you. If you guys wouldn't mind heading on over to Spotify, giving us a rating there on the podcast, Apple Podcasts, writing a rating and review. Helps us get our name out there and uh, helps more people find us. And if you like us, tell your friends. You can follow us on Instagram. Um, follow us on Facebook and if you already do that we really appreciate that we're just trying to reach out to as many people as we can educate and inform and uh, maybe entertain now and again so appreciate you guys listening lastly want to thank our partners we've got Heather's Choice Shell Art Studio Alaska Rodco Slay Jays and NWTF South Sound Strutters they are a huge part uh, of the podcast and we wouldn't be able to put on events like the Cedar River cleanup in August without them. So appreciate you guys listening to another episode of the Young Guides podcast. We will catch you next week on the next episode.